human. Dodge this. This is Oh So Curious. I'm Andrew Frankel. This is Daniel. That is Magdalena. We are three curious minds trying to tell time, and today we have finally seen Matrix Resurrections. We've been waiting a long time to see it. Let's just get right out of Let's just talk about it, guys. What did you think, Mags? I, okay, I wasn't expecting <laughs> that. Um, I'm sorry. Right, Matrix 4. Um, okay, overall, I loved it. And yeah. I know what reviews says, I know what uh, critics says, I know what fans say, I know I'm sensing what Dan and you are going to say, however I did love it. And it's not because I was a fan of, uh, of original series, but I thought the, f the film had a very uh, strong point and some very low points, but overall loved it. Dan, Good. what about you? Shatter my dreams. Um... <laughs> yeah, uh, I, first of all, I think you, sh you shouldn't assume um, that, you know, everything we're going to say is negative about the movie. I'm, I'm kind of, you got you to gotta, you gotta trust me enough to know that I'm a fan of, of the franchise. But anyway, um, the it's movie... It's got birds named after it. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. Yeah, if you, um, that, that's a, we'll, we'll, we'll broach that topic another day. Um, <laughs> but speaking of broaching topics, uh, I, I have to... I have to say, this movie surprised me in many a good ways, and I love the trailers. I think, I th you know, the first, I'm still obsessing over the first trailer, and when, when you get the needle drop in the movie with the same song, I mean, they do like a variation of it, it's not like the original mix. Uh, I was just like happy and giddy because I was like, oh wow, so they must have seen the movie, the, the trailer guys must have seen the movie, and they must have seen like the montage with the needle drop, and they were like, that right there could be the bedrock for the trailer. Let's just do that and like fill in the gaps. And uh, the movie <laughs> was a little more slow paced than I was expecting mm. it to be for what I know to be a Matrix film, especially when you look at how like the sequels were right. so, so like action, adventure, thriller, over the top, like big set pieces and stuff. This felt like more of they were trying to do a soft reboot, sort of this was... It, it, did, it wasn't quite, like, I don't want to say this was the Force Awakens of the Matrix franchise, but because... It was something else. It, it's... I, I, I have to say, I have, nev I have never seen a franchise be so self-aware. This, this is easily the most meta, and in some ways the most... Cause we you don't have, think we Marvel movies are this meta? Not even. Maybe Deadpool? I Maybe but, Deadpool. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I know but, what you mean. It's hard to say that it's a reboot. It, it's, it's really hard to... I don't to think it's... A, no, I said like a soft reboot. So it's it's not really a reboot. It's like a... Reboot, exactly. It's a continuation of the story, but they're trying to refresh a lot of elements. But then again, even that statement feels inaccurate if you watch the movie. Right. And I feel like this is a movie that I need to... I've only seen it once, and I feel like I need to see it twice to really draw an accurate judgment because there was so much going on and a lot of it good and but, but what I took away from it to summarize is at the end of the day there was a very good easy to follow through line of what this core story it was a love story you know that's yeah it is a matrix that's movie it. but within that matrix movie there's a core through line story that you can follow and while you follow that they at the same time explore all the ideas and elements and whether it's visual or philosophical 
that made right. the Matrix franchise so revolutionary and so ingrained in, in you know in the mainstream. So yeah, I think all around nicely, nicely said, done. Yeah, sure. surprisingly good. <laughs> Andrew, so, what about well, you? <clears throat> you hate Tom Hanks, so I I'm do just hate ready Tom Hanks. Luckily, he was nowhere to be found in any of these movies. I have only, <laughs> until recently, I had only seen the first Matrix, which mm. it's a classic. I on on the second rewatch, um, you know, there's I have issues with all of them. I really I had never seen two. I had never seen three. I watched both of them in the last couple of weeks, and I gotta tell you, having watched four yesterday. I wish two and three didn't exist. I think I actually really enjoyed this latest Matrix movie. I thought it was smart. I thought that it actually invented better um, follow-ups than the other sequels in the plot and the world building. I got some... <coughs> Sorry. Take a minute. <laughs> yeah. Um, this... This whole thing was so um, conceptually tight, whereas the other ones, you know, I have issues with all of the movies having pretty wooden dialogue, kind of cringy moments. The entire thing about, like, it's socially acceptable to wear sunglasses <laughs> indoors in The Matrix. Wow. Is, it is. I, I did mean, not come prepared. I miss those times. <laughs> I, was, I, was so, I was so annoyed by that. Um, mm. and also like the nineties music and the nineties hair and like, this is what the future is going to, I hate, I hate movies that do that. This is the culture of the future. And but it's just so right. over the top. But Lana Vikovsky, she was right. She was more right in this movie than in two and three. I got to tell you, I was so bored with, with, uh, reloaded and revolutions. Just <laughs> if it had only been I these two, I would be happy. One. I mean, I think, like, I know I said it was probably not an accurate comparison to call this The Force Awakens of, of the Matrix uh, franchise, but I think it's a good comparison to make when you talk about the sequels of the Matrix and you know, the Reloaded and Revolutions, and compare it to, like, the prequels of the Star Wars movies, because, sure. yes, they were technically the prequels, but, you know, they were, like, made after the originals, so you can yeah. kind of treat them in the same, because, and I was talking to Brian, who's producing today for us, yesterday about hey, the Brian. show. Hey, um, Brian. Shout out to him. <laughs> and, yeah, and, and and I was telling him how I felt like, you know, one of the things that ruined the, the sequels, which this movie cleverly avoided, was it, it didn't try to demystify the things that you didn't want to have demystified. Like, the Force, like, you know, the Force was such a cool thing in the original movies, but then in the sequels, they talk about midichlorians, and all of a sudden they start doing yeah. all this extra world building, and you're like, it's ruining it for me, not they, helping They kept the it, yeah, yeah, they kept it as a cool world. Yeah, and then it I was think, like, still so, very much yeah. Matrix, like a lot, you know, they didn't a, try to play with that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a lot of what made the Matrix, the original Matrix movies, so thought provoking was the philosophical issues that it, that it, that it covered. And those things became very tangible physical plot devices in the sequels which ruined the mystique of the first yes film. yeah and, and i th i think movie... this movie did a much better job of following exactly. up with the philosophical content and it gave yeah. you more to grapple with especially that the instance where they're talking about trinity uh, you know spoiler she... spoiler alert is it time for I... spoiler alert <clears throat> i yeah 
yeah. I mean, we've done our initial impressions. Let's dive into it. Yeah. Let's like you know. Let's dive into it. It's all fair Kay. game from this point forward. You know, you've been warned. <coughs> if you want, if you're watching at this point, if you're listening at this point, and you don't want the movie spoiled, if you have not seen it yet, then you know, pause. Come back to this later. Um, but but yeah, if you have seen it and you want to go ahead, then let's go. Yeah. This 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 and has a spoiler alert of right now. Anyway, um, when when we're talking about Trinity and you know, she's she's just a mom in the Matrix, enjoying her life, and they analyze her code, and she's all blue pills, they say. And is she happy? Is she happy is the question that they ask. Because if she doesn't want to, if she doesn't want to break free and she is happy, yeah, we'll let her live there. Um, giving a choice. And and yeah. that's, that's the choice that we're faced with. Um, and I think even now, it's like, it's, it's, it's more relevant to our lives than ever to ask, like, am I going to buy into this, you know, are we going to go into the metaverse? Are we going to, you know, live our lives on social media? Are we going to buy into all the appearances? Or am I going to start living life for myself? And that's, that's what we get, is these two people choose each other and choose truth, which is such a nice uh, message these days. Right. Yeah, I mean, they talk. Yeah, the whole idea of ignorance is bliss, but is that what we want? Mm. You know, it makes also, you like love the idea of love again. That's yeah. what I like about it. That the whole concept of love in um, in films, even romantic films, it was it's been done and dusted. And I I don't know whether it's the fact that I I was aware of these characters. Obviously, I've grew up with them, or whether. They just took a they they used what they had and they just sort of converted into something new and really commented on this universal uh, true love one and only. Yeah, I don't know, but I really liked it. I, I enjoyed it. Um, it reminded me of that brilliant, brilliant Tom Hanks film Cloud Atlas, where everybody in all these different times are uh, they're falling in love with each other and they're the same characters, you know, and it's, it's like they'll always they'll always the find same... each other. Was it it's, not made, it's made by, by this. It made, made by, by the Wachowskis. It's made by the Wachowskis. Sorry. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, there you have it. <laughs> you know, it's a it's a really it's a refreshing um, and romantic view of love where it's like you can, you know, there's a person out there and you're you're looking for each other. It's it's um again it's a, it's a romantic sentiment that we don't see a whole lot of these days. Speaking um, of Wachowskis, yeah. like. There was only one of them this time around. What do you guys? What do you guys think? Was comparing it to the old trilogy? Do you think that was uh, she managed on her own? Was there, um, you know, Lily Stutch missing? What do you guys think? And what? Why was it? So why was there only one of them? Well, I mean, I I was reading an article um, earlier where basically I think she uh, Lana Wachowski, who's the one who directed this movie. Uh, I think I guess when they were she was doing the press rounds, uh, she was talking about and she was asked obviously as you would, why did Lily not come back for this? And uh, she mentioned that Lily has basically been taking a break from all things Hollywood and like film and TV in general since 2016. And at the time they were working on a show uh, called Sensate for Netflix, and they produced the first couple of seasons together. Um, and at that you know after that she left, and um, so Lana did the rest of the show herself uh, and. She has another writing partner who she works with, and he's also credited as like a producer, I think, on this Matrix movie. So okay. I don't think it has much to do with, you know, 
any kind of creative disagreements or issues of that nature. I think it's just more a matter of she's not doing this kind of work right now. I think she that article also talked about how movies like this and these kind of projects are delve into a lot of subtext and they don't really they're not like straightforward. It's not like a Marvel movie, like not like an average superhero MCU film, mm. right? Like it's it this is this is a movie that's meant to make you think, leave you with something uh, th there's a lot of layers to it. Like it's probably more comparable to Pixar in that sense. Like Pixar movies yeah. work for all different audiences because they have a lot of good subtext, which if you don't understand as a kid, you will still enjoy the movie. But as you grow up, you will discover more about the film because there's things that you now understand that you didn't realize before. I think right. this is, that's the kind of thing that um, in that interview, uh, Lana mentioned that, you know, since they made the transition, um, um, as because, you know, the, the are, are they tra they're, they're transgender, like, Right, yeah. they yeah. used to be because I remember because I for, I didn't realize they were that brothers, recently, now they're sisters. They were brothers yeah. when the movies because I was watching a behind the scenes documentary and I'm like, wait, but the names are different for the new ones. Are there more than two of them? And it took me a while to connect the dots, but but yeah. So since that they made the transition, like I think uh, in that interview, Lana mentioned that Lily's not been interested in doing those kind of projects as much anymore. Mm. So that so maybe it was a matter of she just didn't want to do another Matrix movie and she was taking a break. Therefore, one of the sisters is not uh, yeah. back for this. I, it's quite interesting how you, usually people assume the worst. They thought there was some creative misunderstanding. There was some drama between sisters and was just like, no, I'm just taking um, some time apart. And then Brian's sending us uh, also article. And I actually remember reading about this, that also the parents uh, died five weeks before she's written the thingy. And that was um, kind of a way for her to cope with it. Um, mm. And yeah, you could, I don't know, personally, I felt like it was like a love letter to, you know, the love and community and just like all the good things. Um, it was a very personal film, even though it was like, you know, another blockbuster that we've all been waiting for. Um, it felt strangely personal. Do you agree? Disagree? Did you guys feel that sort of connection or is it just me? Well, I do think she put a lot into it in terms of like, you know, this is going back to something that really gave, you know, made their careers because I, when I was watching that behind the scenes documentary about the original, it wasn't about the original, I think it was about the making of the sequels, but they were obviously talking about the original and how things were different. Like they had a much smaller budget. What for the was the documentary? I, I forgot the name, but it was, it was a behind the scenes. I found it on YouTube. Somebody must have uploaded it. It wasn't like I okay. watched it on, on like a disc or anything like that. But but essentially, the documentary was about the making of the sequels, and they were they. If you guys remember correctly, um, or if I'm remem remembering correctly, the sequels were shot simultaneously and released like months apart, not even like a year apart. So really, yeah. I mean, they came out back to back. It was it was Ooh. it was filmed simultaneously, similar to how they filmed the Avengers: Infinity War and Endgame, basically back to back or simultaneously. It was sort of like that, but you know. Um, wow. At the, at the time, at the time, they did in, that in, with Lord of the Rings as well, didn't they? Two of them, I think they did. Yes. Yeah. Two of them, they they did. But before that movie, so here's the kind of the backstory of the Bachowski is Bachowski's is before they made the Matrix, they really had no experience directing movies, so they made like an indie movie that did quite well and and made a good amount of money in distribution and everything, and they used it because they were pitching the Matrix idea well before then. But they were like, no producers, no studio is going to hire you because you have mm. no resume to show for it. 
to mm. direct this thing, and they were like, we want to direct it. So they directed an indie, you know, thriller, I think so it was either horror, thriller, some, I forgot the exact genre, and it was a very small budget, like they were, I think it was like 10 million or something like that, so comparatively small, you know, like not a hundred million dollars. And it did well enough, and that, you know, the producer then said, okay, I can take this and present it to the studio, and probably get a green light on this Matrix thing. And that's what happened. So on this the Matrix, Matrix movies thing, were really the begin, true begin. <laughs> not the true. Well, you know, it was the movies. It, that's what cre- gave Wachowskis their Hollywood careers. And so yeah. I can totally see why, you know, this doing it as a love letter. Absolutely. Can you imagine? Like, this is what yeah. made you famous and synonymous with one of, you know, with Hollywood and, you know, and 20 years later, you get to come back to it. It feels and similar to, like, some of the actors, too, right? Because Keanu Reeves... Yeah. In a, in, the, in, in a similar way. Like, he obviously, he had done the Speed movies and things of that nature, but I think this if really you made ask him. most people, like, The Matrix is what they know. Keanu Reeves' Matrix, you know? Like, yeah. word association, in, you would say that. Or John Wick, you know? On, but, on, that, in, on that note, like, we, we saw some different actors playing, uh, playing the yeah. same characters, you know, old characters. I... I got to be honest, I thought all the new actors really pulled off the characters well. They really yeah. did. I was a big fan of Bugs, the, the chicken blue hair. Yeah, it was yeah. Really great. But, but on top great. of that, yeah. um, you know, they, they even wrote that into the movie. It's like, you know, this is how you... They gave Keanu Reeves a different actor. How? This is what you look like yeah. to everybody else. And so, again, it's dealing with that same idea of the appearances I, being fake yeah i love every aspect of how they said we're gonna make this thing meta but not in the way you think of because i think we were yeah. in the pre-show we we're talking about like other movies that have done really meta stuff like adaptation yeah. of nick cage and meryl streep where the way that those kind of movies were meta is sort of like the story that the character in the movie was writing is the story that he's living out in the movie and that's how it's meta or like they were you know well to to, to just to yeah. Briefly touch on that for a second. Those movies are brilliant because they turn you as an audience member into into a participant in the world. Right. In the, the world. Exactly. Because if the movie if the movie um, exists in the story and you're watching it, and there's also stories outside of it, suddenly you watching it, you're actually in the world of the movie. Right. That that is meta done right, in my opinion. But this and meta is different, right? Because totally different. This is, this is commenting on itself exactly. and expanding the narrative outside of and I have to, building on top of it. Yeah, I, I, I was just floored by how clever and how well it was done. There was definitely times when I was thinking about 22 Jump Street because 22 Jump Street, mm. like the whole first act of the movie, they're like poking fun at the idea of the sequel. Yeah, at, like the idea of the se- not like us, you the know, like, like yeah. what a Continuing sequel looks franchise. like. People drift apart, and like you know, one of them gets clingy, and and they're like, oh, you know, maybe next 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 year we'll be back across the street for Twenty Three Jump Street, like the whole church, like they were moving. <laughs> there were all kinds of like they did it in a in a comedic sense because it was a, it was meant to be a comedy, buddy cop comedy. But one, I was yeah. giggling throughout that scene when. Um, yeah, Thomas Anderson's business partner is sitting there talking to. I'm like, because here's the thing. I had some insight into this. The I, new looked, Agent I read some Smith reviews. With yeah, a I read deep some, la- But before deep he gets like, eyes. yes. But before he be- before that. he realizes who he is, right? 
Right. Oh my god. Because I, I read some reviews before watching the movies, and 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 I read maybe a review that gave some spoilers to the effect of like saying, they basically talking about that scene. So I knew that that scene was coming up, but watching it, I was still giggling because I was like, oh my okay. Because it's a video game. What Warner Brothers forcing you what to make scene? it. Describe the scene for us. Yeah, it's, we don't it's understand when, that. It's when Thomas Anderson... Uh, so it's at, the, it's, at, it's at the beginning of the movie. It's sort of like the setup to the conflict mm-hmm. where he goes... He's he's testing out... So he We find out that Thomas Anderson, who's the in-Matrix version of Neo, is, is a game developer, this legendary game developer who developed the, the Matrix trilogy... Which, as we right. find out, is a trilogy of and video games. how it's clever. Like, and the fact when Neo essentially comments on the fact that they didn't yeah. try to hide anything away from me. They made me design a trilogy of a game called The Matrix. I thought right. it was very smart. And, and then he goes into the yeah. office meeting with, with his business partner, who, as we find out later on, is Agent Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, well, look. We are being asked, our parent company, Warner Brothers, is asking us to make this fourth one. And, like, Keanu Reeves' uh, you know, character, Neo, or Mr. Anderson, is really apprehensive about this. But, and I was just giggling at all of the meta stuff that that, move, that, that scene was... T- and then everything that obviously surrounds it. And then they'd show the whole mm-hmm. montage of pitching ideas and the brainstorming session with all the, the millennials and stuff who were just there talking about what was the original Matrix about? What is this for? It's like it's used by watching. And I will say they didn't they didn't focus on the visual effects nearly as much as they had in the other movies. And, you know, fine. Um, It was massive. So interesting that you say that because it was massively criticized. But really, you agree with me. It was it it didn't need that film did not need the amount of the special this amount of special effects that Matrix is known for. I, I will say that, you know, I don't, I don't care about special effects generally, but <laughs> having time. seen what they pulled off with the first three, what they did with slowing some scenes down um, and like, you know, stutter framing it basically. The analyst scene. Right. Yeah, um, and then mm-hmm. there are some, there are some, some shots where you can really see like, it's just a, it's just Keanu Reeves kind of standing still, and like, yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, you, I mean, you I- could do better there. I would say, like, VFX, this, this side of things, this, like, you know, the lack of innovation in VFX sort of disappointed me a little bit, but I came around to it by the end of the movie because right. I was like, if, if the trade-off was that you get a significantly, a huge improvement on the sequels, particularly, yeah. and then I think that... I came down on the same side. In some ways, this is probably the best mo- Matrix movie out of exactly the entire franchise, partly because... It stays true to the idea, the questions that it poses at the beginning. Yeah. And a lot of blockbusters like betray the ideals that they aspire to at the start yes. of the story. Yes. From Act One to Act yes. Three, a lot. I'll give you like two very blatant examples where one of them did like absolute in- injustice, and the other one did the complete opposite. And there were happened to be two adjacent movies that were sequels. Like one of them was a sequel to the other. The Wolverine came out um, a few years before Logan came out. And the, they were both directed by the same director and the same, had the same actor in it. But the Wolverine, like, the third act became any other third act of a superhero movie. Whereas the third act of Logan stayed true to the ideals that it pitched in the beginning. And they followed through on the, sto- on the story. If you've seen the movies, you know what I'm talking about. Where it felt like, okay, I was, you know, invested I, in the movie from the top to the bottom. Whereas I just felt right. like 
Why am I watching the movie? I like seen after it. the third act. But I get the point. Yeah. But in this movie, and so in this movie, what the the questions that they posed in the beginning were, the what you were saying, uh, Mags, is they didn't really hide anything from them. They were like, the the best place to keep you subjugated, the best way to keep you subjugated, Neo and Trinity, is to is to keep you just close enough to not truly connect. Yeah. But just mm-hmm. close enough. It's like. You know how we say, like, the, we don't live in a black and white world. Like, it's so the, what best, did you, the best what did you think lie is a partial it? truth. And I think that's so what part you, of what they connected. What did it. you think about it when essentially it was, obviously, there was the great reveal that the analysts found out this actually generates the machine more energy. Just not having bodies even it, alive, just this sort of, like, they were the prime... Producers of energy, essentially, from what you I know, understood, right? I, if just I could because just, they were so close to each other. I, I, this is this is something that I was watching through the whole movie, and I was like, this is a really interesting thing to grapple with here, and that's right. the relationship of a psychotic person with their analyst, and you know, doubting reality, and being this hyper creative person. This guy goes in to his therapist, and he's always telling him, well, that's not real, this is real, you have to focus on your career. And the mistrust that he feels for this person who's supposedly looking out for his best interest is actually deceiving him. I mean, that's, that's, that's some risky stuff to put out there for people who are, who are in therapy right now to be like, yeah, maybe my therapist is wrong. Maybe I should stop taking my pills. Maybe I should jump (laughs) off the building. Like, it's, it's, it's edgy. It, that, um, that, that, yeah. that was like, I, I had the same thoughts. Like, I'll be honest. Like, I was like, I see what they're doing here. But like, it is like you're walking a line that yeah. that is very easy to cross. And it's kind of, but that's where I think if you then follow through, like if you see like how the, the we find out the true colors of the analyst, I felt like that could have been done a bit more subtly. But then that's where yeah. the Matrix movie, like, you know, we, this that's when... He was this great. became like a ma- any other Matrix movie would have dealt with it, where the subtlety sort of like went to the side, and they were like, "All right, now it's time for us to kind of focus focus on the spectacle side of the franchise," mm. because they could have made that like a little more subtle. Because he gave up a little too easily, and it was a little cringy when he's trying to pull him through. No, this is this is. I'm like, dude, it's already too late. You, if there- you're trying to pull him through a, a through this mirror. And convincing him this is not real, I think yeah. I think you lost that battle already, you know. Yeah. That yeah. There's there's one thing that I deeply regret they didn't do in this movie, and you know that's that scene with the analyst where it's uh you know Neo's in slow motion, and he shoots a gun toward Trinity, and he puts an apple. An apple. Right yeah. there, and it the mm. bullet goes through the apple, and then he brings it away. If I were making the movie, time would speed back up and there'd be a bunch of applesauce on her face and there was none. There was no applesauce. That really disappointed me. Missed opportunity. But it happened that quickly that maybe the apple did not have a chance to explode in real time. I just, time. I, I, maybe the, the thing about that was, <laughs> I just I just completely missed the symbolism behind him placing an apple there. I don't know really what that was about. Like, why put an apple to demonstrate that the bullet is about to, like, blow her brain out? I, 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 I maybe it was, it was that just literal. special effects. Yeah, just, I like, it was meant just to, be to show you how, 
how how slow time is going, how much control he has over it. He's just toying with them. But that's the but that's the thing. So this is let me let me ask you guys this question. This is something I struggle with in the movie because I, I, I here's this movie started out being so philosophically inclined, <laughs> and then at at I think at one point when I transitioned to the second act. It start, you started to see more of like a traditional Matrix movie, you know, beats yeah. and all, like the way you would see a movie. But I was still s- conditioned so well by the first act to find philosophical meaning and symbolism and everything that at times I felt like there were, you know, it, it, the movie just became like, dude, there's a rocket flying in the air. It's just a rocket yeah. flying in the air. Like, yeah. you know, they were, whereas, and I've seen like some other movies where the symbolism and the level of subtext stays consistent throughout. You just, That's my you one complaint. Like... That at points in the mm. movie, the subtext cease to exist. Yeah. Or maybe I just have to see yeah. it a few more times to like no, get it. There know? was a lot of Easter eggs. That's why I think yeah. with the second rewatch you will pick up on a lot of things but i i see yeah it's it, the same sort of effect it, it was just expectation were kind of, expectation versus reality yeah, fallacy. you were just you know, like, sort of I, getting angry with yourself like am i missing something hang on right yeah. this is like a like big, is this meant to be symbolic um, like is this meant yeah. to symbolize something or is this there's is this a metaphor like am i missing information because I, I was almost like setting myself up for failure or maybe i should blame the movie for setting me up to find meaning, find greater meaning in everything that I'm seeing, but there so were parts in the movie you, where there simply wasn't any greater meaning to what you were seeing. How did you find the new Morpheus? Um, did you like him? Because I liked him. This flamboyant Morpheus. Not only did I like him, I thought he conveyed the same character, which you know sometimes when you recast somebody, they, it's just a totally different guy, and it really right. he did a great job. Um, and I like that they also didn't shy away from the fact that, like, we had shots from the old movies, and it's a different person. There was there right. were there was a reason for it. But you got to realize this. This is something that I that I had to think through because I had to like rewind the plot and then also like add up all the details. Technically, this is not Morpheus, because what do you mean? This is a the the what you see as the character of Morpheus in this movie is not the the Morpheus of Lawrence Fishburne Morpheus. It's not mm-hmm. that person it's or his mind. It's it's a program that Neo creates within the Matrix that is, about, I guess, a really close approximation. Either he creates it or the machines create it. It's like an AI. And then there's pieces of dialogue in the movie where they talk about, he so talks about, he's been watching his old memories from the t- previous trilogies. Yeah. So do you remember right? the bathroom scene? You guys yes. were talking about it earlier. So that's where he said... This, that version of Morpheus was actually written by Neo. So what we see on the projections is actually the Morpheus we know, but the Morpheus he meets in the bathroom, you know, the, the current one, that is the guy from his game. Because he says that, oh my God, you're, you're the person But I from, thought that was because my, my understanding was they pulled his code out and freed him from the Matrix, but that's why he couldn't have a physical body in the real world. That's why yeah. they had him like in that magnetic floating, like, dis- whatever mm-hmm. thing it was. I just, I, my understanding of the movie is that we did not see the real Morphe- Morpheus come back. Didn't he die in the original movies? He died. Right? So if we didn't I see mean, him he didn't, actually no, no, no. resurrected. We, did, we, we never saw him die. There's, um, Naomi talks about him, how he died. But right, we never but, got to see but, him but 
die. Unlike what they, what they clearly showed us and said multiple times, that they actually revived the bodies of Neo and, and Trinity. And so there's a flesh yeah. and blood merge, like the originals. They didn't do any such thing with Morpheus. The Morpheus we see in this movie is as close an approximation to the original Morpheus and has access to those same memories and such through, you know, the, it's complicated. I guess it's hard for me to explain it in one sentence. But he's not the more same Morpheus. He's not the original Morpheus, which uh, that right there had, has a lot of meta elements to it. But, yeah. but even still, I think Yaya Abdul-Mateen did a really good job. I mean, he's played Candyman. He's played Black Manta. He's going to be back in the new Aquaman sequel. Oh, really? He was... Wow. He's He's... Great. He did great. I, I, did. I, him, great I really enjoyed him. Yeah. Um, some people didn't I, I like have two, it, but I have I think two some questions people had for problems you. simply because it wasn't Lord Fishburne, you know, because they were like, I just want him back. I'm like, but that's not the point. I totally get why they didn't bring him back for this movie because I'm like, it doesn't why? serve the How? story. The story, yeah. they didn't invite him because his character, mm. his version of the character is dead. This is a different version, different character almost, you know, it's like, it's kind of but the same it, idea. Like if you upload your mind into a computer, would that it wouldn't serve, it wouldn't serve the story at all, yeah, in my opinion. Exactly. They bring him back. Niobe, presence of Niobe already slightly annoyed me. Not annoyed I, me, but I was she like, really annoyed me. I I didn't yeah. care for her old lady voice. I thought that was too much. I think her purpose in the movie too just felt it just served like she was there simply to be a hurdle that they could have committed to and found some something better from a plot standpoint to be like mm. a source of conflict or like a. You know, something that the characters need to overcome. Because that felt like yeah. was the primary reason for why she was there. And it just felt like a lazy... Felt like lazy writing to a certain degree. Because it sort of felt like if you watch... Again, I'm making a Star Wars comparison. But if you watch The Last Jedi, <laughs> you know how the person... The, the, the general who, like, eventually sacrifices herself on the ship that destroys... The, yeah, the she was the Star Cruiser, bad one. Yeah, right? The, the one mm-hmm. who's, like, not telling... Um, uh, who's not not Finn, but like Poe, Dameron, like why, what the plan is, or why they're doing what they're doing. It and it just felt like that was lazy writing because she was there simply to be an obstacle to one of our main characters, simply so they they can have an obstacle yeah. to overcome. And when it when the character boils down to simply being an obstacle for a protagonist to overcome, simply for the fact, you know, there has to be more to yeah, a character. Yeah, I than get that. the and point. I, it just bothered me. Like you know, I felt like that. They, they, I have no problem with them bringing her back. I just felt like they should have given her something better to do. By the way, did you guys know that um, Anne Karimos and Keanu they actually jumped off the building nineteen times? I watched an interview with them. Yep, to get that shot because I don't know if you paid no attention idea. to lighting in the film. Yeah. Lana was like she was very attentive to the lighting and shadows. She was really a, played with this. Visually, it was a completely different kind of beautiful. movie, and it was exactly. beautiful. It really yeah. was a stark contrast to um, to use a lighting term uh, to to the to the other uh, Matrix movies. Different. They different used aesthetic. a lot of natural lighting in this one. Yeah. But yeah, they jumped off the building yeah. nineteen times. That's a lot. I'm sure, you know, with a lot of protection and, and harnesses yeah. and stuff. But that is still a commitment. But still. I mean, we know Keanu Reeves is, you know, has that work ethic. But I, having seen that behind-the-scenes documentary, again, it's like he inspires his co-stars and, and other, you know, him. Yeah. There's other examples. Like, he's known for that kind of thing where if you work on a movie with him and he's doing all the work that, you, that he does. You just um, do it. You, you just want to be like, why shouldn't I be able to do that? 
There's oh, I would totally Keanu Reeves do is it. known for that. Tom Cruise is known for that. Jackie Chan is known for that. Dwayne mm. Johnson, yeah. Rock is known for that. But that's 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 a really cool fun. Fact. And I really like that. That you know, in the scene where he was fighting with Morpheus, that was obviously a huge homage to the first one. He didn't yeah. go all out as right. we all expect. Everyone expected Neo to be you know able to fly and. They even made a joke out of it. That's not happening. Speaking of flying, (laughs) can somebody explain it to me? Why Trinity became just like the best super, like the next superhero? um, Well, at the end, they both flew away. What happened? Like at the end of the movie, they both flew away. It just, I guess. Sure. But why does she have powers all of a sudden? Like, I mean, why is she? I I think it seemed to me that she, that for this, for this iteration, because they were resurrected, and maybe, you know, maybe they feed into each other a little bit, but maybe going mm. forward, she's the one, you know, and Neo is I like just... That. No, I think... I think that's what they that's did, the interpretation what he, I, I walked away with. That's what I thought was happening like until, you know, they come back and they beat up the, the analyst and they tell him, oh, <laughs> we, we're not here to negotiate with you. We're just, we're just glad that we have a second chance to, to get this shit right, you know? And, and then they both fly away at the end, right? Um, yeah. That, that was an indication to me that what they were going for in this case was, oh, it just happens to be that Trinity happens to have, get her flying powers before uh, Neo gets them back. Hmm. And in this new version of The Matrix, it's based not on Neo being the, cho- the special chosen one, whatever. It's more that based on... Them connection between the two of them right. and therefore they both are on equal footing which again is modernizing the franchise to you know the today's ideals that we strive towards as a society but and at the same time it's you know has a really good logical story reason for what, why that is it um, worked i also I thought really that in the sequels they nice overdid upgrade. some of those things you know the flying effect or i, I think they toned down some of those you know Typical Matrix action sequences, like the bullet the, the time swar- when it comes into play, is very eff- unexpected, and it's yeah. Done but the subtly. swarm was um, the swarm effect. No, it's the swarm attack, whatever. It was called the swarm. Yeah, it, that that, that felt was more scary. like the Walking Dead, or it it, it had it, the way they did it in the original movies, going completely CGI and going over the top, and then obviously pushing themselves, I think, too far for the technology that was available to them back then. And this time around, they're like, we don't need to do this, like. Just real people coming, because we have seen so many zombie movies, and like the bad zombie movies are the ones where you see CGI hordes, but the good mm-hmm. ones are the ones where you're like, oh, this actually looks bad because they, those people are real people running at me, and there's a physical threat in the way you shoot it, shoot it, cinematography and all that stuff matters. Yeah. They were like, let's tone down the VFX a little bit, and then focus on story and let the VFX fill the gaps and complement the story. And I think that approach, generally speaking, is always the right approach to have. And that's an approach that I think the made the sequels dealt in glutton for as far as the VFX goes, whereas in this movie they were like, okay, the VFX have to serve the story, him. not the other way around. Hmm. So um, that so I, I thought we, that was fantastic. We know how we feel about it. How's the actual? How's the audience response to this been? <laughs> it's been mixed. a bit mixed. Yes, yeah, it. Mm. You know, it's been a bit. I think it's sitting on. I'm looking at it now. It's sitting on 67% critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm and ironically enough, well. the audience score with over 500 reviews is also 67%. So 
So with hmm. 196 reviews, a 67% tomato meter score, and 100, 500 plus re- verified audience ratings, a 67% audience score. But sh- shouldn't we consider who's voting? Because if it's our generation voting, then yeah, it's a bit of a disappointment. But I'll, of course, I think it's yeah. understandable if it's a millennials, Gen Z kind of... Um, no, I mean, I agree with you. It's This is the kind of movie... But but here's the thing, though. I mean, I can't imagine a lot of people who have never seen the originals are going and watching it and then putting their reviews. I mean, I'm sure they are. But, like, you know, majority of the people who are probably reviewing this movie on Rotten Tomatoes as audience members are probably people who are passionate about the franchise in some way or another. So Let's hope. Yeah. But, I mean, I'll say this. Even the reviews that were negative, they had a lot of good things to say about the movie. They just felt yeah, like... that's the, what I saw. Mm. You know, like, the, the, a lot of the, the bad stuff that they said had to do with the same, some of the things we discussed. Like, I felt like there were, there were certain expectation versus reality fallacies, like, throughout the movie where there was some unevenness. Like, it was very philosophical to begin with, and then it went action-heavy, and then it kind of got philosophical again, and it, was, it felt like it was trying to balance it, but I think it, it where it succeeded, for the most part... There were areas where it felt a little uneven. And like I said, there were parts of the movie where a rocket flying through the air is simply a rocket flying through the air. Uh, You know, there was there was symbolism to certain things, but there wasn't to others. So your expectations as to what you were supposed to get out of certain parts of the movie was a little confusing. And I think that's Mm. that's something that, you know, people didn't. And then, of course, like expectation versus what what reality is in terms of people wanted to go see ton of VFX they wanted to go see an action, and this movie was a slower-paced movie, and I thought there were some weaknesses in the film where, like Priyanka Chopra's character, Sati, sort of felt like, yeah, joint like kind of attacked on versus being an authentic part. I really thought she was gonna have much more to do in the movie. By the time she has any lines of dialogue, all she does is tell tells you her backstory, and then what is she here to do to help you save Trinity. And I but still I thought she was going to interact how... with Neo before he realized mm. that Thomas Anderson was Neo again. But we only got her in the montage sequences. So I just felt like there wasn't enough of a setup to her character's payoff. And then, so that, that was I did, weird. I did not understand how, what were the stakes for her rather than just helping Neo out. It's like she did a lot of showing. On... Sorry, she did a lot of telling and not enough showing. And I think that not was the weakness showing. of that character. Yeah. Because most of her involvement in the movie came in the third act, and it's never a good idea. And I know like the, technically they introduced her in the first act, but it's never a good idea to introduce new characters in the third act because it always feels artificial and not earned yeah. and earnest in the movie. Well, she was showed. She just never no, had that's what any. I, mean. I wish. Her. I wish in that month. I wish in that montage sequence yeah. they had probably some dialogue. Probably that already would help. Exactly. Her character yeah, for sure. I mean, they showed her in, in the same way as you walk by a shop and you see a mannequin with, with some clothes on it, but then later in the movie you're talking to that mannequin. It's the same thing. Like to me, that mm. you don't really know what the mannequin is all about, what his life goals are, and who's wrong the mannequin until you actually talk to them. So I just felt like that those were one of the, that was among the few things that that I, I would hold against this film. The the editing, I think the oh, I said at the start, to me the low points or like the pain point was uh, editing. There was for me there were issues with pacing of this whole thing. There were either really long sequences or the, very yeah. abruptly like staggered one that it was The action sequences were were tiresome for me. Um, yeah, that too. Uh, yeah. So this was this was a resurrection 
um, and like we've said, a soft reboot. Do you think that there's more... I mean, does this set it up for more Matrix movies, Matrix games, Matrix... I mean, what what are we... Or is this just a capstone? Is this it? There's the game coming out, no? Is there? There's a... They 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 collaborated mm-hmm. with Unreal Engine, um, I guess, which is made by Epic, the same company that makes Fortnite and stuff. Cool. Um, so watch they, the trailer; it looks amazing. Yeah. We should they include like that demo. in the link below. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely include this there because it's really cool. If you haven't seen it already, I mean, I don't know what you're doing because it honestly looks so lifelike. Because Unreal Engine mm. is known for doing a really lifelike, real-time rendering of CGI. What scenes. are they known for? So one of the things most people probably know them from is Mandalorian. The, the Unreal Engine is used to create the virtual set environments that they shoot in those LED volumes. Yeah. So they're not doing a green screen video shoots, but they, when they filmed the, the episodes of Mandalorian and other shows, but Mandalorian became known for it, is they have uh, virtual CGI stuff all projected onto real LED screens, and that's shot with the camera, so you're not actually compositing that stuff in post-production. And it's meant to, what, what it does in real time, very few game engines can do in real time. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's patented technology. It's not like every game engine is able to emulate that. So the end result is you get real life looking faces, you get real life looking objects, and texturing is so detailed and it's lit just like if it is in, real, in the real it world. It looks amazing. So isn't, isn't that kind is of. the Matrix. Yeah, you know? I was going to say, isn't yeah. that kind of counterintuitive or maybe even mm-hmm. counterproductive to make a movie or four movies with the message of don't get sucked into virtual reality and then suck people into virtual reality. But unlike, I, I don't know if you the... guys remember, there was a game called Enter the Matrix or something like yeah. this years ago, like soon yeah. after the Matrix came out. And I remember getting in and was very disappointed because Neo and Trinity weren't there. But in this <laughs> one, they actually collaborated with... Uh, they brought them in. They, f- they actually scanned they their faces in. into it. Um, they do have, like, characters who are not scanned in, but they have, like, them two in there. It's watch called, the I think, trailer, Andrew. You're going to okay. love it. The Matrix the Awakens. <laughs> That's the name. The Matrix Awakens. And what I want to bring... So, you, Andrew, you brought up a good point as how how this is sort of, like, counterintuitive to what the thematic, uh, you know, idea of yeah. the Matrix movies was up until this one because i think this movie and they do it a few times they say it a few times in the movie through dialogue and also just the way the plot plays out they say well it comes up quite a lot like oh it's not really a choice not much of a not much of a choice oh it's not really a choice at all Mm. they really reframed the whole concept that's at the center of the whole red pill blue pill and free will versus fate Mm. and they reframed it in this movie for the first time in the franchise history and I thought they did it very cleverly because yeah. that to me served as a natural evolution and how the Matrix franchise has gr- is growing with the world of rat, you know, which in which um, it, it, it is released and how we consume things today is they, re- they reposition that idea of it's not a choice between free, it's not a choice, it's not really a choice. You're going to choose what defines you and mm-hmm. and some, for some people, that means ignorant bliss. For some people, it means that, you know, they want to know the truth. And so some people are okay with let their fate take them where yeah. they go, where other people want to have their free will. Because basically what it says, in my opinion, again, because some of this is, again, introverted. Because this it's, is what I love about it's movie, very, this It's spelled you out in the final scene when an analyst yeah. essentially tells us you, you can either just leave us because... 
that you you cannot decide for everyone else. Everyone has a um, choice to make. They can either stay or they can go, but you cannot force people to into making. But yeah, he commented on how this is essentially comfortable way of living, which essentially taps into the way people operate. Mm-hmm. We much, we're much more comfortable with being told what to do mm-hmm. and being shown what to do rather than take actions into our own hands, which, which is a sad message, but um, it was really nicely placed there at the end. Yeah, yeah. As, Devo, as Devo would say, freedom from choice is what you want. From choice. <laughs> right. Yeah, but I mean, it, it really leaves it open-ended. Like, f- from, from that philosophical standpoint, it's like, it's not really a choice. You're going to choose what you, what defines you. And yeah. that it, neither of, I guess this, what they were trying to say is, and again, in my opinion, that it's not a choice and therefore there's no right or wrong. It's really up to you. And, and, and so it, this movie, again, comparing it to Star Wars again, and I don't know why all these comparisons would keep coming up. I'm not even like the biggest Star, Wars, Star Wars fan <laughs> in the world. But... You know how the the older Star Wars movies were all about the black and white of the evil empire, the, the, the you know the dark side with the Sith versus the Jedi, the light side or whatever you want to call that. Um, this movie went from the original Matrix dealing with like the free will versus fate and dealing in black and whites to dealing with shades of gray, and mm-hmm. I think that exactly. in large part is 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 also not only updating the franchise but also is a more relevant part of today's conversation about those philosophical. subjects where we have grown to not just see it as black and white answers like it's not a we again the whole concept concept of a binary systems yeah the game companies work for binary and it's it's either a zero or a one and we're like well it's probably the real answers are somewhere in the middle you know but there's quantum computing or this is where you can bring the whole conversation into transgender community as well because that essentially what it represents yeah um, and she's yeah. actually Lydia, uh, not Lydia, Alana actually talked about that too as to like how that connects to her identity and what mm-hmm. she has felt like her view on society and almost, you know, people have done written papers on like the Matrix and all the ideas it explores. But to kind of come bring it back down to what it ultimately means for this movie in general, I think the fact that this movie is allowing us to have the conversations we're having yeah. in and of itself should define its success. Not, I mean, obviously, the, from a business standpoint, you want the money it makes defines the success to a certain degree. And talking about sequels, that's probably going to affect whether we'll have sequels or not, more so than these conversations yeah. we're having. But well, from an artistic I wish I've standpoint, written... the fact hmm. that we're having these conversations, having walked away from this movie, I think is 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 probably the biggest accomplishment it could have possibly have had or made. You know. Well, on I the wish note... I've written a thesis on that. <laughs> yeah. On the on <laughs> the ahead. note on the note of things happening because that's who you are, you making your own choice. If you should make the choice to like, subscribe, share the video and come back and see what we're talking about next week, we'll be here. That's the choice is up to you. Um but we'd love to have you back. This has been Oh so curious talking about the Matrix. It's been fun, guys. Thank you so much. Yes. Bye. Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) Only human. Dodge this.